1: everyone, and welcome back to Spilling Eve, the Killing Eve podcast, where we talk about everyone's favorite show, yours and mine, Killing Eve. I am Christy LaPointe, and my guest host this week, I'm very excited to introduce, is the brilliant Samantha Levine, who is a producer at Blue Ice Pictures, and a dear friend, welcome Sammy, to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Christy. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. <laughs> How are you?
0: I'm good. You know, I'm just, I'm um, recovering from what I just saw.
1: Yes. We so. just finished the episode like a second ago. We're diving right in. We literally said, okay, we can't talk during this episode. We just have to wait and save it for the podcast. So now we're ready to dump it, yeah. jump in. Pretty exciting stuff. Yes. So before we get into okay recapping the right. episode and dissecting every moment, uh, why don't you tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Um. Okay. Well, I uh, like... You said I'm a producer, um, and I think, you know, we uh, we met not long ago, I guess a couple of years ago. I
1: know. Time has gone really fast. Yeah, it has gone fast. It's funny. So your girlfriend, Anne, is one of my best friends, yes. and recently Facebook reminded me that it was like our eighth year of Facebook <laughs> friendship or something, which is so funny because I said to Chris, I was like, in my mind, Annie is still like a new friend, it's almost yeah. been a decade. It's been like two high schools. Yeah,
0: it's pretty pretty crazy. So I'm, I'm very, um, I feel very fortunate to be part of your friend group. As you group. should.
1: It's a pretty good group. <laughs> the listeners are like, we don't care. Get to the episode. Sorry about it. True. All I want to do is talk about my friends. Uh, so as a producer, yes. you've worked on movies and TV shows. Do you find that when you watch things, you're able to just kind of take that hat off and enjoy them as a viewer or are you sort of watching them through the lens of someone who like makes movies and television
0: I mean yeah I feel like I'm if anything it makes me really critical and like maybe a a tough judge um for sure but and I do try to take off that producer hat um but it does tend to Find its way back on my head sometimes. Of course, like it's only natural. I yeah, think. like actually, the other night we were watching the, uh, what's it called, Homecoming, mm-hmm. the Beyonce classic, thing, and Anne is like, "Whoa, so cool! Look at that, look like at that!" And I'm like, "Yeah, wow. I wonder how much they had to pay all those." People, because like you know, they're not only performing live, but then they're you know it's on Netflix. Yeah, and and I'm thinking of like all the money that's going into making it. So it was like, I'm like, no, you know what? Let's just enjoy it for what it is.
1: You're like, who signed these releases? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's so funny. I loved. I mean, not to get too Beyonce crazy on this Killing Mm -hmm. Eve podcast, but I I thought it was so good the way that they edited between the two
0: nights. Yeah, no, it was it was impressive that like they weren't trying to fool you into thinking it was something (laughs) it wasn't yeah Yeah, totally. but it didn't bother you you know yeah they made it a part of it for sure
1: before we get into the episode i also want to just give a quick thank you to all of our amazing listeners who left itunes feedback reviews and ratings this week last week on our episode with liam we asked we did a a big plea for our listeners to leave those because guess what it actually helps your podcast get seen better in itunes and uh, listeners followed through. We got a bunch of new reviews and five-star ratings, and it was so nice, and it totally made my week, and I'm just so grateful. Thank you to everyone who's done that so far. If you haven't, well, why not just pop on over to Apple Podcasts and do it? Yeah, I mean, keep the train going. I know, but seriously, thank you so much to everyone who did it. Maybe I'll start doing shout-outs for that, because it, it really, really made my week. Now, let's get in to episode four. Season 2, episode 4, this episode was entitled Desperate Times, and it was credited as being written by Emerald Fennell, the showrunner, and DC Moore, and it was directed by Lisa Brulman, who also directed last week's episode. Sammy. (sighs) (laughs) Wow. What an ep.
0: What an ep. What? So many tears. So many funny, witty lines. Oh, I mean... It
1: felt like a lot was packed in there so many languages (laughs) so many languages uh okay so it opens on carolyn which i feel like uh, maybe i'm so off base and fans please let me know if so i feel like this is the first episode that opened on carolyn and maybe the first that opened not on eve or villanelle
0: yeah i feel like she's becoming a more central character yeah and it's almost like
1: we're starting to see more of who she is even though it's still unclear what side she's on good or evil
0: yeah yeah and I mean not to kind of go back but the last episode that line where she's talking to um oh Constantine Mm -hmm. in the kitchen and basically talking about having kids and she admits like she has no feelings for her kid. Yeah. And I think that was like a huge moment for her character and we're starting to sort of see a little bit more in this episode of how, you know her I guess ability to hide her feelings and
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just how sort of duplicitive duplicitive duplicitous <laughs> how sort of duplicitous she can be oh boy it's gonna be a long episode we are so early in uh but she is in a waiting room and there's a very funny moment where she's just waiting and waiting and she finally picks up a magazine and like the second she picks it up she's called into the room and she basically just gets reprimanded by her boss for losing Constantine and there's this very weird back and forth and the boss snaps and freaks out and it was really fun to see carolyn in sort of a submissive role
0: right yeah definitely and and then but then she always kind of ends up back on top
1: yes that's the thing even when the power is not in her favor it feels like she in her mind it is yeah yeah she has a way out of every situation uh And then Eve, we cut to very quickly, and she's in full, how shall I put it, Carrie from Homeland sort of situation Mm. where she just has a whole evidence board with pictures and there's not crazy red string everywhere, but it feels like there should be. And Hugo and Jess, the new uh, Scooby-Doo crew, walk in and they see her and kind of call her out on her being a bit weird and she's just obsessively working on the case and trying to figure stuff out yeah and it's kind of nice to see her back in action again
0: yeah and I feel like she's really trying to find the passion in this new case yes like she's like no okay I I'm not just obsessed with this one killer like I can get obsessed with other killers
1: that's so funny (laughs) trying to prove herself to the crew yeah okay uh yes i i I totally agree with that yeah and then we quickly go to villanelle and constantine and they're in amsterdam together and uh they're on a bridge and this is a scene that got leaked very early in promo stuff uh but again they're just uh, kind of the gang's back together and she's uh she's bored
0: Yes. She's really bored. She's so bored. She hasn't killed someone in like five hours. She's super bored.
1: Villanelle can't understand her meaning or purpose in life if she hasn't murdered in the last five hours. And she has a very funny moment there. I'll probably bring this up again when we do Top Line, but she basically just makes fun of Constantine's clothes. She asks about, (laughs) which to be fair, he is like really jumping out uh, on a limb with this bold print and she says uh what's with the shirt seriously don't go shopping on your own again (laughs) and that just made me instantly want a montage of the two of them shopping doing a makeover fashion and then like
0: just kidding (laughs) yeah
1: back to the sad show yeah she you know she did say what I was thinking so good for her (laughs) well someone has to be the voice of the people and I guess it is philadelphia yeah So even Jess uh, go to this big douchey office, Alistair Peel's empire, and immediately they're (laughs) offered drinks, including kombucha, which is so funny. (laughs) If I was offered kombucha anywhere, I don't care how evil the corporation is, I'd just say yes. And, you know, I'd take it
0: even more if it was an evil corporation because, you know.
1: You'd be like, I I deserve this. I deserve this. You suck. Yeah. (laughs) It's the least you can do. Yeah. And they uh, have a, a chat, I guess you'd call it, with the son who we've seen before from the interview. And it's a it's a very funny scene. He's very he's just got that air of sort of an entitled prick who knows he can get away with anything and is sort of talking to them to humor them
0: more than anything. Yeah, like I don't think that like yeah he knew exactly where that conversation was going aka nowhere (laughs) yep and um yeah I guess he he must have been just curious to see what questions they were gonna ask but had no intention of answering any
1: yeah I guess It's very funny, and he. there's a really great moment where once they start to ask him about the sale of his company, he hits a button, and then instantly, as if out of nowhere, this man appears with an iPad and sits down, and he is just a lawyer on his behalf to there to decline to comment essentially yes. and it's so funny and it catches them both even Jess off guard for a second and then they realize we're not going to get anything out of yeah. this guy yeah. and what a, what a character they, I mean they're telling him everyone surrounding your father has been killed lately don't don't sell things what's happening and he just isn't biting at he all shuts
0: up. i kind of wish i had like a lawyer on call you know my boss is like um where's this where's that and i'm like excuse me <laughs> yeah Please you have then. someone
1: to come in to be I to declined. say something uh, samantha it is not willing to talk about that at this point thank you so much no further questions yeah. uh so then uh the ghost we are still not seeing her face we see a very brief sort of neck down scene where a cleaning lady with an Asian accent shows up at someone's house and says, your normal cleaning lady isn't here. And she's got a a whole tub of cleaning supplies and it's so scary and exciting and just makes us want to know the identity of this assassin more. Just show us her face. We're dying. And then Villanelle is in Amsterdam waiting to do a grand kill, no doubt. And she is scouted by I assume we'd call this a, a fashion Instagrammer, fashion blogger <laughs> of some kind. And this scene, to be fair, was shown in so many promos. I feel like I've seen this scene 500 really? times.
0: I, it was my first time, so. I enjoyed it just as much <laughs> as every
1: time I've seen it before. It's so good. And and Villanelle's sort of dismissal of this woman is just so great. And we see that it's in the middle of her writing Eve A postcard. Yeah. So she is writing a postcard and it's this art that her and Constantine had seen uh, at an art gallery in Amsterdam. That yeah. she, It's these dying, hanging men and she thinks they look like, like bacon? bacon? Both of us uh, didn't really like, get that. Did we hear
0: that right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe she said something like, else but I'm pretty sure I heard like, they look like bacon. Like,
1: that's not what bacon looks like, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what kind of bacon she's had. Uh, but... It, it, it's very telling i think for us to see oh eve is still very much top of her mind she just wants eve's attention back she's sending her this postcard which we see is a bit of foreshadowing very quickly after S- t- 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 Oh, then uh, Constantine and Villanelle are together in a bar and uh, (sighs) I totally lost track of what was actually happening in the scene because Villanelle (laughs) is eating haggislaug, which is this Dutch uh, food. Basically, it's chocolate sprinkles and you eat it on toast, like bread, white bread. bread. I had never heard of this. My husband is Dutch and his family is and it was so foreign to me, the idea of sprinkles as a food as a breakfast food i mean i guess
0: it's like having nutella it's not really nutritious. i I mean it's (laughs) it's
1: definitely not worse than having a donut or any or a muffin or any other accepted north american breakfast food but there's something about it that just feels so fucking decadent and dutch and it's funny sid gentle who is the production company behind Killing Eve tweeted about haggis log oh, and the really. recipe for it, so I had a bit of a heads up that this was coming. If you're not already following them on Twitter, why not follow them? They're making one of the best shows in the world. Uh, but they they put out a, a recipe for haggis log, which I thought was very <laughs> which is funny, white. toast <laughs> bread and, and, sprinkles. and sprinkles. We love you, so gentle. Please hire me. <laughs> anyway, Eve and Jess uh, are investigating a mysterious death of a woman who has been killed, and they realize that they think this is the ghost who has done this this hit again, and they realize that this woman was killed in the middle of bleaching, as they say, her mustache, which is so embarrassing. Oh, that is so And they talk about how sort of mortifying it is, and it just made me so sad. I thought, uh, this is my nightmare. That's my true nightmare.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, you're just trying to do some self-care, you know? <laughs> Look, we all are just trying to stand up to society's (laughs) unfair,
1: like, standards.
0: standards? (laughs) And you just go and inhale some stuff that maybe you weren't supposed to.
1: I mean, very harsh stuff. And then we cut to the red light district. And it is kind of shot very creepily. And we see this terrible douchebag sort of uh, harassing a sex worker And she is sending him away and showing that she has sort of muscle to take care of her. And then he notices a, what I could only describe as uh, a Uh, woman in sort of a, with a pig mask on her face and sort of a frulein pink (laughs) fluffy dress. Kind of like,
0: yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of what how I could describe this mask. I feel like it's like an anime pig mask yes you know totally with like a maid sexy maid costume yeah the
1: the dress is as if you were doing a sound of music themed bachelorette burlesque or stripper costume it's a very weird combo it's obviously villanelle uh and he follows her And she brings him into a a small room with a, a window front, like the Red District has so many of. And Villanelle, we know it's Villanelle, even though she's got the mask on the whole time. And she ties, she ties his, arms mm-hmm. and then starts constricting his legs and he's very into it at first and
0: then we kind of we both said aha we knew what was coming at that point yes like both of his, his hands and his ankles were tied or like we see where this is
1: all going. of a sudden it was a bit of a light bulb moment mm-hmm. especially from all of the foreshadowing with the painting and the postcard yeah and of course she hangs him up by his feet and and then she opens the curtain yeah. and a big crowd draws by <laughs> and it, everyone's laughing. And there's such a funny line. I wrote this down to a British tourist says, oh, I've heard about this. Very <laughs> popular, apparently, which is so funny. And it just felt so touristy and in no, the best way. no one
0: seemed scared or concerned. No. Even when
1: the knife came out. Everyone, everyone... feels... This is Amsterdam. Ah, Amsterdam wife. It's not real, probably. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she takes out a knife. And then she, she he starts pleading. He starts realizing shit is going down. This is not a fun, sexy time anymore. And he says, I have a wife. I have a kid. Please, 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 please. And she just does not care. She looks out to the people. And the wife is out there. A right. woman with a stroller?
0: So... Remember, actually, we didn't talk about this, but back when she was, when Villanelle was sitting, writing the postcard to Eve, and that that Instagrammer came, she kept eyeing... Right, a family. uh, A family. And I can only assume it is this family. Totally.
1: Yeah. Totally. So she sort of makes eye contact, and the the man recognizes his wife and starts apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, I love you, Uh, this isn't me, blah, 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 and Villanelle just dabs him right in the stomach kills him and the woman watches the whole time
0: and doesn't seem to flinch she seems pretty impressed
1: yeah at at the very start my initial thought was oh wow oh no this is such a terrible coincidence and then we realize this is not a coincidence yeah which oof wow that's harsh that's quite a that's that's quite a killing.
0: That's definitely not a ghost killing. That's <laughs> yes. for
1: sure. This is as flashy as it gets. Yeah. I mean, the only way I think she could have been more obvious about it would be if she was maskless and just waving around the knife with her normal face. Right. So Eve comes home from her long day at work and Nico is there. And Jordan, who is their new security, who has been assigned by MI6, which I'm surprised hasn't happened sooner. Absolutely, <laughs> and I think it. I think it was just the last episode where Carolyn sort of said, "Oh, we have to put security on you." Yeah, and he've agreed.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh,
1: but Nico is obviously not happy about this, and has not been told or briefed that this would be happening. And Eve is again in this position of sort of backpedaling and Mm. sort of apologizing. And then Jordan, who seems like a perfectly lovely man, he he leaves the room and gives them space. And they have this little fight and he, Nico, very bluntly puts it to Eve and asks why, like, why is this happening? Is it because of Villanelle? Is that what the scene at my school was all about? Is it all about her? He's basically slowly starting to clue in
0: which yeah i mean maybe this isn't a popular opinion but i just think come on dude like how ignorant are you
1: i think that's a pretty popular
0: (laughs) okay i don't know i mean everyone i've spoken to loves him what yeah but maybe they're like a bit of an older crowd
1: sammy you're talking to the wrong fan group (laughs) uh it's fine he's fine but in this fight he also accuses her of gaslighting which yeah. i thought was a very interesting term for her to him to throw in her face and then he says something about it not being kind the way she's behaving and she's sort of spits back that maybe i'm not kind and that is where we get we drop down mm. into this real grounded moment yeah. with the two of them where he he argues her with her on that and says, no, you are kind. You're one of the kindest people I know. I love you. that's why I love you. Come back. Yeah. And that come back, even though I'm not a huge Nico fan, that was so heartbreaking. That
0: was. And I feel like basically from that conversation on she does everything to prove to, I don't know herself or to him, that she's not a good person. Yeah. And that's kind of how it felt like from then on. She's like, no, I'm, I'm gonna like live not as a nice person or not how, I guess, how my husband sees me. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm changing yeah. basically, mm-hmm. which is intense. And that is hard if you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time and then things start feeling different or changing. Uh, another long term relationship. Constantine and Villanelle so they are post-kill they're sort of debriefing the murder and Villanelle is just so dissatisfied yeah she says to him something about is this how it's gonna be just you know sad I forget yeah. what she says she said something angry about, wives yeah and- angry
0: wi- wives and like creepy creepy men yeah Yeah. this
1: isn't what she's in it for she she doesn't want an easy kill like this and she's just not she's just not happy Which is so funny. She needs a challenge. She just so shortly ago, she could have been killed. She was trapped in Julian's creepy dollhouse. And now she's out and she's free and she can dress fashionably again. And she's murdering and it's still not enough. It's still not enough. I don't know what Eve did to her. Yeah. And and that's part of it for sure. She's, her mind is occupied with Eve and this is not fulfilling that at all. Yeah. So... Carolyn intercepts the postcard that was sent. Yeah, okay. That was confusing. So did she go to,
0: like, where was Eve's mail coming to? That is a
1: great question. I almost, like, leaned over to you. I almost leaned over to you during the episode. Because I also, they were in some sort of a...
0: Like a building? It looked like an
1: apartment building. I thought maybe it was office buildings with... Where some of the MI six stuff happens, but that didn't no, really make you know, sense. I feel like, I mean, I
0: I thought that Eve and Nico lived lived in a house. They, they do, do, do they? I think okay, because like I thought maybe this was like a regular thing that she would come to Eve's house and then like intercept her mail and then like keep going with her life. But no, because totally. they don't they don't live in an apartment.
1: But may I mean maybe it's just a suspension of disbelief thing where the writers are assuming we will believe. This is their post, man, huh. she's just stopping him earlier Early, on the yeah. route. But yeah. it, I was a little confused by the way it was set up.
0: Because, because you see other mail there addressed to Eve.
1: Totally. He's obviously delivering Eve her mail, but where? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we really missed something. Again, listeners, please. clue us in here. Dying. Uh, but we got the important information, yeah. which was, A, Carolyn is actively intercepting Eve's mail. This wasn't a new thing. It's not as if the yeah. postman didn't know what was happening. And B, she took this postcard right away, which tipped her off that Villanelle was in Amsterdam and got her kind of going on that path without Eve being aware at all. Right. So where are we? Uh, Oh, right. So Villanelle then pays a sex worker to basically sit in her room overlooking the murder crime scene just to sit and wait for Eve to show up. Mm -hmm. And that is so Villanelle.
0: So Villanelle.
1: She finds some chips. This is also a very chip heavy episode in the beginning. In the opening scene, Mm. the boss was eating sort of Pringle looking chips. And then Villanelle finds these chips and is eating them. Uh, And she's just waiting. And she's so basically so excited to show off her work to her crush. And then we have Hugo and Eve. who realized that the mustache bleach was poisoned and that's how the murder happened. It was specifically in that. And they have a really interesting back and forth about this assassin being nice and not wanting the people to feel pain and what kind of person that would be.
0: Yeah, and someone obviously smart knows how to kill in a way that makes it look like an accident on a case-by-case basis. Totally. So this person had... Uh, diabetes so
1: how would it be how would it look if this person died of natural causes yeah a lot of medical intel which i Mm. thought was interesting that they went to nice because i think it's more clever or smart if they're trying to sort of make it look like a medical accident not necessarily that that's they're not trying
0: to spare
1: but they make a big point about talking about there not being blood and it not being it's a really stark contrast to villanelle's right. gruesome kills
0: right yeah i mean yeah they, they said oh does she not like blood or something like that so
1: yeah. yeah and once they realize that eve very quickly narrows down the specs for the ghost for who she thinks the ghost is she sort of starts spouting out okay cross-reference this it's someone over 35 uh, with all these different things, medical training, cross-reference that with someone who has also been a cleaning lady at this place and this place, and Hugo sort of picks up on this energy mm-hmm. that Eve has as she is in her element. Yeah. Villanelle, meanwhile, is oh oh, and um, well, Hugo and
0: Eve go for chicken, right? Hugo
1: and Eve <laughs> <Hugo laughs> go for chicken, and Carolyn sends Jess oh, yeah. to Amsterdam. And she doesn't say much. She sort of just says, you're going to Amsterdam. And just says, uh, her reaction is so good. (laughs) She's so excited off the top. She says something like, oh, amazing. And then instantly says, oh, I forgot I was pregnant. Which is so funny. (laughs) Being sent on a work trip. What? I'm sorry. What were you planning on doing in Amsterdam that you're just screaming to your coworkers about? Hilarious. Uh, Eve asks if it's because Villanelle is there and Carolyn doesn't really answer yeah. her and sort of evades the question. And uh, Villanelle is heartbroken when she yeah. sees this person she doesn't know and it's not Eve. She's been waiting and waiting and just shows up and goes under the police tape. And the sadness on mm-hmm. Villanelle's face is just palpable. The yeah. disappointment.
0: It is so you see the way she, you know she this is what she's been looking forward to all day she hasn't she hasn't had to kill anyone she's just like focusing on just
1: being excited about seeing Eve and, and then it doesn't happen doesn't. you it's almost very feel sad. very bad for her and then yes you you were right Hugo and Eve go eat fast food like fried chicken together yeah. which seems very weird and kind of random yeah and they have this whole weird talk and he is just such a dude bro and this is obviously his place he says he's been here a million times he talks Mm -hmm. about a teenage hand job and he talks about how good the food is and then uh, Eve really likes the food and then it slowly after they kind of get comfortable with each other it slowly starts to become a little more honest of a conversation Mm -hmm. and he calls her out about being excited by the work and she's a bit Standoffish at first, a little offended, and Mm -hmm. then realizes, "Oh, this guy is kind of like me," and admits to it. And he asks, "What the?" He says, "What's the deal with you and Villanelle?" Which, I mean, couldn't that just be the title of this show? Yeah. Initially, initially, he he asks about her being excited by the work vaguely, but he narrows in on this and asks do you like watching her or do you like Mm. being watched? And she looks at him and answers both.
0: Both. Yeah.
1: (sighs) I died. Yeah. Because I truly think that is a completely brutally honest answer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth with it because like she didn't, she didn't really seem like she was, like I said, I feel like she was trying to be excited about the ghost. Mm hmm. But then you saw, like, even when Carolyn sent Jess to Amsterdam and her plea to, like, oh, shouldn't I go? Like, you're Is it safe for Jess? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, just her, the excitement just in that moment was, I mean, her eyes lit up in the way that her, you know, this whole new investigation never sparked that kind of excitement in her. Because
1: her obsession with Villanelle goes beyond the job and I think at the end of the day they have this weird messed up connection and relationship and as much as Eve can try to bury that under professionalism it's so obvious it's so obvious in exactly that how excited she gets and this light in her eyes and Villanelle is still so upset that Uh she didn't get to see Eve. She didn't get her moment with her GF. So she is walking through Amsterdam. Uh, Someone offers her drugs and she dismisses him at first and then kind of goes back and asks what kind of drugs he has. And then she goes to, what would we call this? A dance Uh, club? Yeah, like a rave type thing. Yeah, she's on some sort of pill drugs mm-hmm. i don't want to brag about knowing everything about drugs but those were definitely pill drugs you're a small pill drug <laughs> uh, yeah and she is sort of dancing and we can tell she's a bit high and then she goes into the bathroom and beats the living shit out of a girl i mean she did cut in line so she deserved it <laughs> but... so this girl cuts in line and then villanelle calls her on it and then the girl gives Villanelle the finger, which is so funny because I would think that Villanelle would like that, would be impressed by sort of, oh, this this is a yeah. young girl with moxie. It's like a young me. Villanelle's not impressed by no. it. And she's not in the mood. She's so <laughs> upset. And she follows her into the stall and just starts bashing bashing oh my it was it was hard to watch yeah and
0: and again like everyone's just sort of like i mean they didn't show the rest of the people in the bathroom their reaction but like similar to when uh villanelle was killing that guy yeah. on display like the audience <laughs> reaction yeah. to it was just sort of like no one interfered or totally to... people
1: aren't going nuts that yeah. this is happening I mean, Amsterdam's a a pretty wild place, I guess. <laughs> so uh, and then at the last minute, she is moments away from killing this girl. Mm. She is pulled off of the girl by Constantine. Right. And he carries her out of the club in the most Papa Bear looking way. Mm. I know that's not their full relationship, but oof. Yeah. And she is sad and mad and Yeah. That whole scene was really, really tough, only to be followed by even tougher scenes to yeah. watch. So first, we are back with Eve, and we see Eve speaking Korean on the phone, uh-huh. which is so nice, because we've never seen that up to this yeah. point. And we see her talking to her mom. Who knows if she's actually talking to her mom, or right. if this is a spy cover. I know people online have kind of hypothesized that she is talking to her mom, and this is us seeing that Eve is in connection with her family and has a relationship with them. I would love that to be true. I think it's just as likely that she's kind of covering being a spy, pretending to be on the phone. We see, yeah, her, she's in front of a school on the phone and we see this woman sort of dropping off her kids and there's this whole moment and then there's a whole back and forth with money, Eve pretends to find or finds money on the ground and is asking this woman oh what should I do what should I do with the money I don't know I don't know and the woman seems polite but is sort of trying to get out of the situation and then all of a sudden she has a red dot on her head
0: well she says what are you doing uh, and Eve says just waiting She's just
1: waiting oh what a line <laughs> hey, uh- so killer. And yeah, so the the sniper light is on mm. her head. And Eve basically says, do you want us to kill you in front of your kids? Or do you want to just come with us? Mm. Which, pff, pretty powerful for yeah. Eve Colastri to be very, in that position. Very ballsy. So we assume that this is the ghost. And we assume that they've been able to narrow it down. Uh, we don't know a ton more in this episode. But we do get two more really powerful moments where we see Villanelle in a mirror crying. Mm, and that's wow. That's the first time
0: you really see her have any sort of like real emotion. I think I'm mean, that, that I can remember. I couldn't
1: agree more. It seemed so genuine, which was very jarring to see. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird because we think of this character being a psychopath so much. What a psychopath have that kind of genuine emotion? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't take enough psychology courses. <laughs> I really don't know. But it it is. And also, Jodie Comer is so talented. She's so talented. Like,
0: where are her awards? Ugh, Come on. They're coming. <laughs> they're coming.
1: They have to be. Okay. But she, she's just so good. And it's so mm-hmm. sad and heartbreaking to watch her in that moment. And then we see a parallel with Eve looking in the mirror of two-way glass and putting up her hair in a bun And sort of pausing. Hmm. And there's obviously a memory of her and Villanelle's initial meeting. And it's a very intense moment. And Carolyn's on the other side of the glass just staring staring at her.
0: For a really long time. Like
1: a real creep. Classic Carolyn move. And then basically we can surmise that Eve is going to start interrogating the ghost. (sighs) Wow.
0: And that's it. And that's it. That's
1: the app. That's a you know. That's a real. That's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah. It felt like the emotional stakes of this one were just so huge. Yeah. It was people being sad and upset.
0: A real character development. You know, we you see the way that Eve is is slowly yeah proving herself or changing herself to be to fit the role, and then villanelle just like completely breaking down from from what she's used to
1: yeah so oh these two gals so good so good i really really like this episode a lot
0: me too i love how they really like connected that piece of art
1: in yeah. the whole thing oh yeah bacon or not bacon or not <laughs> okay well that brings us to segment time wah, 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 segment time uh let me <laughs> get my a notes so number one segment top line hmm. sammy there were there are so, so many so many good lines in this episode oh God, i truly I, don't know if i can narrow it down to one
0: i have like one two three <sighs> four five six circled okay what are a couple of your <laughs> okay. favorites uh, I think they look like bacon was one. <laughs> yep. Because, like, I mean, if I heard it right. Oh, you uh, heard that right. And then the kombucha one, Ugh. where she's like, what? It was free.
1: Oh, right. Because Jess does take the kombucha.
0: <laughs> and then probably um, when that tourist is trying to take a photo of her, and then she kind of yells after,
1: get a real life. <laughs> oh. She's so mad about it, which is also funny. Is Villanelle on no social media? Um, Right. Because she has no friends. Who would she follow on social media? But that seems like such a weird thing for someone her age, for a millennial, Mm. to have zero social media presence. But
0: it seems like social media is not a thing that they even touch on in the show. Like none of the characters are texting or anything like that how
1: is that possible yeah. uh it's funny because i know phoebe waller bridge who is not on this season well she is as an ep but i know she notoriously doesn't really do social media
0: right and i no, but i, I guess i kind of understand that from like a production point of view too because i feel like if you if you're gonna go there you really go there if you
1: open that door yeah. you have to really show it all and the you time. have to be
0: realistic about it because it's such a part of our lives that it has to be realistic so I feel like it's almost better to just stay away from it completely and not touch it you know and there's obviously so much other
1: stuff to focus on that we
0: only are just realizing it now
1: it's not like the show is dying for some Facebook mentions or anything but it is just weird to think about being in your mid to late 20s and not being online that's such a different isolated life of its own kind right? Uh, and truly had never thought about it until I started thinking in this episode about Instagram and Villanelle and what she would post
0: <laughs> her outfit oh
1: outfit of the day yeah for sure <laughs> maybe she has a secret uh, yeah. social media life we just haven't seen yet. she
0: really does like high fashion oh. and buying expensive like
1: she, makeup she and... loves to look good yeah uh I learned something recently this is so off topic I and believe it or not, I don't own any designer shoes, but I recently tried some on and found out that like Valentino and high high-end designer shoes come with their own individual bags for each shoe huh. for travel, not for the oh. pair for each shoe for each. So they don't oh. get banged up in your suitcase or whatever.
0: Wow, that is. I mean, I guess that's why you pay ten thousand dollars.
1: I guess I don't get it. <laughs> Although if anyone wants to send us ten thousand dollars shoes, please do. Yes, we'll sell them, and yes. I don't know, put a down payment on a condo. <laughs> anyway, uh, top line. What there, was there yours? were so so many. I think, I think my favorite was the tourist in in the red light district saying, "Uh, I've heard about this. Very popular, <laughs> apparently." It just it, that one made me laugh out loud. Oh, that
0: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: so strong. I
0: I have to say though like on a serious note that there was one line also that I had down um, when Eve they were talking about um, Aaron Peel and like whether or not he killed his father and all that and whether maybe it was this you know he hired the ghost Mm -hmm. to do it and Eve said well Do you think he's the type of man who would trust a woman to do his dirty work? And I thought that was a very clever line to put in. Like, she really is thinking about everything. And yeah, that is a
1: strong line. Yeah,
0: yeah. It says a lot about how intuitive she is about his personality just based on like the small amount
1: of time she spent with him totally i also thought it was really interesting that we saw him being interrogate interrogated having this very casual conversation with agents but it was two women of color talking to him and the way he interacted with them would obviously not obviously but potentially be different than the way he would act with maybe a straight cis white man yes uh yeah that was a good line Hmm. that's a good catch uh okay, next segment, which is a top ship. So Miss Samantha Levine, I sp- broke down saying <laughs> your name. Uh, do you know what it means to ship characters or people? Um,
0: like not really. Like use people you think. It's like couples you like. Yeah, right? totally. I mean... It's
1: it's basically characters or people that you want to see together. Okay. So in normal fandom culture, it is romantically. It is relationship. For our purposes, you can make it platonic. You can make it romantic. Mm. Who did you love seeing together on the screen and who would you want to see more?
0: Like physically on the screen together.
1: I mean, or in real life, I guess.
0: No, I just mean. Off-Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I just want Eve and Villanelle to just, like, come on, guys.
1: Uh, that's going to be a real fan favorite. It's true. Just come on, guys. Already. Just give the people what they want. Just kiss. It would be fun. Uh I just want to see you in a production meeting pitching this. Yeah. Have you guys considered a kiss? I don't know. Like just um, like a
0: short makeout and, and even if it doesn't go well, they could just be like, ah,
1: "Okay, we tried." Uh security. Uh <laughs> great. That's a great answer. I think for this episode I don't know. I had a really hard time and I was really thinking about it during the episode. I wasn't feeling a lot of connection with anyone yeah Uh, and for that reason i'm gonna go real uh rogue and i'm gonna say nico and jordan the bodyguard. i was was just thinking that i was like what about that bodyguard i mean i'd love to see them hitting it off maybe falling in love wouldn't that be a nice solution to so many problems
0: yeah you know then her problems would just kind of go away he and he'd be happy and nico would be happy we could all move on we could just move on from that uh yeah because that marriage like started off even from season one just like already
1: over yeah well it just seems so clear that they wanted different things and were sort of different people
0: that (sighs) relationship hasn't really like progressed or changed because it started off really just kind of
1: yeah although we didn't see anything in this episode from Nico's side with his whole uh work Uh. wife Gemma so who knows what's going on in his world I'm assuming we'll see more of that probably very soon. Yeah. That's great. Top ship. Okay. That brings us to top kill. Mm. So there were two kills. There were two. In this episode, but only one probably done by Nell. Yeah. Which is a fun uh, twist. Normally they're all hers. Yeah. So what was your top kill? Was it the window front or was it the mustache bleach? I mean. What is this show? I'm what is this mustache. podcast? I would just, I love the idea of my mom hearing this podcast because she doesn't watch Killing Eve and she'd be so confused by everything I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I think the idea of the mustache one is funny, but like, you know, we didn't get to watch it it's happen, true. so it was just kind of like you just see her lying face down on a, on a bed. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, so you know, as as. As hard as it was to watch the upside down hanging one, I think, you know, that would
1: be mine. Yeah, same. I think it takes the cake. It was flashy. Villanelle was back in her element.
0: There was a weird
1: pig mask. It's just sort of hard to top that. Yeah. It was a lot of style.
0: Yeah. There was a lot going on. I feel like, you know,
1: she's pulling out all the stops. She's trying to impress her (laughs) girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to, uh, the pretty much final segment of the show. I feel like I say final segment constantly, and then (laughs) I just keep bringing up new things. But it is time for EVE mail! Uh, So we only have time for a couple pieces of EVE mail this week, but I did want to also shout out a listener named Joni, who emailed us in a dream she had about killing EVE, and it was super long and totally bonkers and very fun to read, We don't have time to read the whole thing, but Joni, thank you for sending that in. It was hilarious, and I really enjoyed it, and there was even sort of an orange is the new black tie-in at the end, so fandom's colliding. On to the EVE mails. Our first EVE mail is from Simon, and Simon says, Hi, Team Spilling EVE. Thank you so much for your Killing Eve podcast. When I finished the first series, I wanted to listen to a podcast on Killing Eve, and I'm so glad I found yours. I love the experience of Twin Peaks Season 3, watching episodes and listening to podcasts between episodes for recaps and reminders of what happened. Killing Eve Season 1 was on my to-do list to watch for a while and we finally got to it a year late we liked it so much season one was a binge watched over a few nights my 15 year old son loves the show and was so disappointed that we had a six month break until season two luckily i binge watched the first season so spoilers on your podcast were okay for me it's good to hear the season two podcast is real time so no spoilers for future episodes we are two episodes into series two and can hopefully watch episode three tonight I was really surprised to hear that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was not a writer for this season. How do you think the change of showrunners has impacted the show? You may have already answered this in future podcasts. Keep up the good work. Cheers from Simon from Adelaide, Australia. Ooh. Thank you so much, Simon. Great question. We have touched on it a little bit because I am, as I will tell anyone who will listen, a massive Phoebe Waller Bridge fan. Yeah, she's the best. She is so talented, and as a writer, actor hyphen it, which I also fancy myself. She is such inspiration yeah. in terms of making incredible work and very different, compelling, dynamic work. Yeah, love her to death. She's literally my <sighs> idol. If you haven't watched Fleabag <laughs> yet, watch it. Watch everything she ever does, but that's not the question. The question isn't, is Phoebe Waller-Bridge great, yes or no? Uh, I think everyone would know the answer. How has it impacted the show? So the change of showrunner is something that I personally was very nervous about, which I would be nervous about that, I think, no matter what for a show I liked. But because I do this podcast, which means I usually watch the episodes a couple of times, including taking copious notes and pouring a lot of my free time and energy into making this show killing eve is a big part of my life when it's on the air and i love phoebe waller bridge and i loved her show so i was a little worried that with her gone it was gonna lose the spark and i wasn't gonna like it and i was gonna have to cancel this podcast or <laughs> be very insincere or have a lot of people mad at me uh but so far we're four episodes in I have been so impressed
0: yeah I I think that the tone of the show has kind of changed a little like uh and that could could have happened regardless but I feel like it's taken a much more comedic um almost like a bit of a lighter feel to it I think season one was much darker And like scarier and now the comedy is more at the forefront.
1: Well season one had to set up so much. Yeah. And now I feel that we're just seeing a lot of the fruits of that labor. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing so much more in terms of relationship and character development. And I mean we still know nothing about the 12. We still there's still so many questions. Yeah. But. I do think that Emerald Fennell is doing a great job Mm -hmm. and I think they made a really good choice bringing her on to showrun and it honestly makes me kind of excited. I don't know if you know this, Sammy, but the third season they're bringing on a new third showrunner. So because this has worked so well with a new person for season two, I am kind of excited to see what the season three flair and feeling will be. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's great to bring on like just a fresh perspective and you know it can, it can get a little tiresome like and like you know you're you're constantly working on it and it's hard to, to take a step back from it and so bringing in a new person is definitely helpful and yeah I mean I, and just changing up even if it's just a slight shift in the tone of the show it, it helps to kind of just
1: freshen it up totally because I do feel like the show. Still feels like Killing Eve. It doesn't feel like someone came in and took out everything we loved and made it a totally new show. But it just has that new flavor, that new style of someone else. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Great question. Thank you, Simon. Okay, our next piece of Eve mail is from at the real Ashley M on Instagram, and Ashley says, or should I say, the real Ashley? Uh, <laughs> Hello, love the pod. Cool thing I noticed. You made a comment in the last episode wondering if Jodi could sing because of her ear for accents. In her interview on the Happy Sad Confused podcast, she talks about her background in musical theater and how she's, quote, not a bad singer. I feel a musical episode coming on. (laughs) Anyway, is there anything she can't do? My admiration grows by the minute. Keep up the great work. I love the solidarity this pod brings with other people obsessed with this show. (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you for that message. Uh, That's awesome. We also had someone else, I think it was in the Facebook group, uh, brought up that she has a dance background of Mm. some kind. So why Jodie Comer isn't literally starring in a musical on Broadway right now, I do not know.
0: Yeah, I mean, she obviously can do everything and anything. Everything and anything. I'm constantly impressed by her accents and her, like, facial expressions, and I have no doubt that she can sing and dance and do everything. Sometimes
1: I am really jealous of actors, especially <laughs> younger female actors my age-ish because I watch them and I think, ugh, I'm an actor. I want to be doing what you're doing. When I watch Jodie Comer, I, there's not an ounce of jealousy in me because I'm just so awestruck by her. Yeah. And it's like, I'm never going to do what you're doing. <laughs> We're very, very different. But she is so incredibly talented. Yeah. And uh yeah, this is just a big fan podcast for her <laughs> and for Sandra O. Oh, so They're we, both amazing. You two are so talented. Uh okay, so let's talk a little bit about that's all the Email. Thank you for the Eve Mail. If you want to send us email, send it into spillingeve at gmail.com or you can DM us uh on Twitter or Instagram at spilling Eve. So before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about your perspective of the show as a producer. Okay so watching this episode and and watching any of the previous episodes is there anything notable obviously it's a little different we're in Canada so production is uh, one thing when it's shot here or I know you also shoot stuff in South Africa and and globally but when you're in Europe you have access to so much more yeah in a, in a much quicker like you can just fly to another country really quick. Mm-hmm. Are there any elements of the show that stick out to you as a producer as being really challenging or really, uh, creative? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I mean, I think
0: because like you said, yeah, it's shot in Europe. I feel like I get the sense and I could be totally wrong that they have, you know, cause like they're in Amsterdam, they're in Paris, they're all over that they probably take like small crews with them hmm. to those locations just based on, like, you know, the busy streets. And I could be totally wrong, but I get the feeling that it is kind of like a guerrilla style and that they shoot it, not quite guerrilla style, but, like, a little bit in that way where I feel like, um, I feel like they are using, yeah, they're using the country and they're not, like, closing down the streets. And, you know, like, that would be my, like, fear of shooting in a big city. <laughs> totally. Um,
1: hermits ugh, what yeah. a
0: nightmare um but i mean i just think it's
1: such a brilliant it's such a brilliant show and how do you feel about uh their relationship we talked a lot in the first season of this show about the sort of will they won't they eve villanelle uh chemistry Mm. and some fans were sort of a little worried that it was sort of queer baiting in the they were never actually going to explore that and I think in the second season we've already seen they're not shying away from it and they are I mean who knows we still have a bunch of episodes to get to but they are it's not a weird subtext it is very much sort of central to the show yeah their connection and their relationship how do you feel about even Villanelle I think it's such a, I mean, it's something like
0: we've never seen that kind of a relationship. At least I haven't on TV before. Um, Where, yeah, it's this obsession and like a, it's a psychological, like, kind of obsession. But also it's, and I I I think that they do say love in the show. Totally. They're not, yeah, like you said, they're not shying away from the fact that it's love. And whatever that kind of love means, whether it's romantic, you know, sexual or just, like, a fascination, I feel like that's obviously what makes their relationship so, so unique and so, you know, just there's so many layers to it, but I I just feel like they have, they're they're giving themselves so much room to explore it, and, and so because it's so complex, I feel like then audiences really don't know what's going to happen like which way it's going to go because it can go so many ways do you feel
1: that since we already know there's a third season coming they aren't going to go too deep into their relationship in this season maybe we won't see much maybe we won't get that kiss everyone wants so desperately Hmm. yeah I mean I think
0: that they will I have a feeling that they're going to meet at some point in this season whether or not that ends in a kiss or not. I don't know. (laughs) But I feel like Hashtag kiss or not. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) spilling eve. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like they there will be probably only one moment in the whole series in the whole season that they're that they're going to be Mm. in the same room. And that might be a pattern that they carry on in future seasons. You know, like that one moment, you know, where they're building up to it. It happens. It doesn't quite go the way that one of them or either of them planned and then on to the next season.
1: Ooh, that's a hot change.
0: I don't know. That's that's kind of how I see the, I guess, the arc of
1: the show. But maybe I'm wrong. I love that. Okay, that brings us to the actual final segment of the show, (laughs) which is is Confirm the Kill, a.k.a. Plugs, Miss Samantha Levine. If people want to follow along with your illustrious career – where can they, um, follow you on the internet or follow Blue Ice or what can they see that you work on? Um, yeah, I mean,
0: you can check me out on IMDb.
1: Uh, <laughs> so you yeah, talking talking about that IMDb Pro subscription. <laughs> see who um, everyone's
0: managers are. Um, and you can also, I mean, follow me on Instagram. I'm not that interesting, I'll admit. <laughs> Sammy Levine, I think, is my Instagram. It's great. I don't this even know is a my really own strong pitch. <laughs> uh, and you should you should follow Blue Eyes Pictures. Yes, we have a lot of exciting projects coming up. Do you want to talk about any of the stuff coming out? Um, can you? I don't think I can. Oh, that's so Hollywood. I, I love know. it. I know nothing that I can talk about right now. The the one that I'd want to talk about, at least, I cannot talk about the movie that you would want to talk about. The uh, TV or the show series mm. that I would want to talk about. That is coming up soon. Um, but you should follow us on Instagram, Twitter, totally.
1: um, and Blue it's Ice, at Blue Ice Pictures. Yeah,
0: Blue Ice Picks, Blue Ice Blue Pictures. Ice Pictures.
1: That sounds right.
0: There's one that I, I can't, I don't even can't keep track of them. Google Blue
1: Ice. We're not your mom. You can find it. They're an awesome production company. They throw the swankiest tiff parties. Google us. Uh, (laughs) Ever heard of Google friends? And if you're not already, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Spilling Eve. You can follow me on Twitter at Christy LaPointe. Send us your emails. We love getting them so much. It makes this show so much more fun to engage. And join our Facebook community group if you're not a part of it already. We're having so much fun over there. It is just a place for us all to geek out and talk about. This show we love so much. You can post any kind of discussion topic you want. Our moderators, Kelly and Courtney, are keeping things running and safe and great. And it's the best.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is a great podcast and you if you're you know if you're listening then obviously you know that
1: but like if someone at home who just hate listens (laughs) to this is shaking their head going no it's not great mediocre at best tell all your friends (laughs) tell them this podcast is fine maybe you can download it i don't know write it on itunes thank you for listening everyone we will be back next week you're all the best have a great week. I don't I'm, what what am I rambling on about? <laughs> Who am I? Go to bed. And remember, <laughs> do
0: not kill anyone. This is only for fun.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.
0: Sonar!